Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation, there may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3. Today we are talking about books that are good reads for the dark of the winter. We're also checking off books you can read in a day for the 2018 Modern Mrs. Darcy Reading Challenge. To learn more about how you can participate, visit our show notes. So how's it going with you, Carrie? It's going. How are you? Good. Did I tell you we're meeting a new dog today? What? (laughs) Oh my god, you guys are crazy. It's a little chihuahua mix thing, pixie. Oh, is it through the same agency you Mm -hmm. got Coco? Yeah. I wonder if I've seen pictures of... Probably. She has a sweet little face that says, please bring me home. Uh, I need love. How old is she? She, I'm not sure. I'm going to find out today. She's a puppy, so... Oh my goodness. So you guys are going to do two dogs, eh? Maybe. I mean, we're going to see how she gets along with us, some of the dog and cat, but we feel like Coco needs a sister and a playmate. I know. We feel the same way about Chester, but part of me is also like overwhelmed by the prospect of having another dog because then it's just even harder to convince Mm -hmm. people to watch your dog because now you have two dogs. Right. We take ours with us most of the places though. So I mean, we do too. But like, if you ever want to go on a trip somewhere that you can't bring a dog. That's what we have grandma and grandpa for. Yeah, that's true. I have (laughs) grandma as well for Chester. But it just seems I don't know, like I want to, but I don't want to, but I want to. He's also kind of a grumpy old man, our little (laughs) Chester. But that's exciting. Yeah. So stay tuned. Maybe by next episode, we'll have a new member of the Cusker Bay (laughs) household. And hopefully, is it a a girl then? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep, yep. Cool. Yep. Robert's so over <laughs> One female cat, <sighs> two female dogs, and a wife. It's All good of time. us are spayed, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, but not funny at the same time. <laughs> and on that note, why don't you tell us about the tea we're drinking today? So it's been kind of cold in Flagstaff. So I got uh, some tea a few years ago that are based on the elements. And the one that I picked today is called Fire. And it's a warming fusion of organic longleaf Robos? Rubus? What did Robert just say? How do you say it? Rubos. Ruboy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you know what we're talking about. (laughs) We're terrible. With (laughs) with chai spices, cocoa nibs, and a chili type flavor. But it kind of tastes like apples and cinnamon, yeah? Yeah. And and it smells like apple pie. It does. But it's really good. It's not overpowering or anything. And I was a little worried, especially when you said it was a little old, because usually don't chilies get hotter the longer they sit in something oh yeah but no it's not that spicy Uh -uh, it's not it has a nice little fire heat to keep us warm in flagstaff yeah it's finally getting cold i know which i have mixed feelings about i know i just bought a really cute dress and i'm like it's kind of too cold to wear this now (laughs) (laughs) that's what they made leggings and long that's true (laughs) fleece lined leggings my best friend ever totally they make fleece lined tights too actually i know i bought a pair at target the other day and they are delightful they're so soft and so cozy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. miraculous i'm trying to like not wear well technically i don't have any jeans i'm trying not to wear pants okay and so 
I have a couple of like nice pants that I have to wear mm-hmm, for work, but mm-hmm. other than that, it's like skirts and leggings and dresses and leggings. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wearing today because I'm just like, I don't really like pants. Well, I'm still in my PJs, so <laughs> happy Sunday. <laughs> True story. Okay, so which really is a great lead in accidentally <laughs> into what makes for a dark of the winter read. And um, so here's kind of my personal opinion, as well as just from a little smidge of research I did on the interwebs. Considering the conditions, cold, dark, you have to bundle to get up to go out. So who really wants to do that? So you need to find something that keeps you at home and that you don't want to go out into the cold, dark world for. And you could just stay wrapped up in a blanket, Mm -hmm. a nice warm beverage, fuzzy socks, cozy chair, Mm. fuzzy animal, delicious book, delicious book. Yes. (laughs) A page turner. Yeah. Something that you just get engrossed in that you don't want to put down that you just want to like not move for hours on end, which is these two books. Yeah. Intriguing plots, Mm -hmm. fascinating characters, strong female protagonists, strong female protagonists. It's I what I ended up writing. It's really the winter version of a beach read. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I did find there's a couple lists on the interweb. So maybe we can add one or two that have a longer list of suggestions. Yeah. As far, or maybe we can look through and see if we have any other suggestions we could add if these don't tickle your interest. Oh, they better tickle your interest. Well, I was going to say a funny observation. Again, I don't know if you picked this up with ours, but we, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yes, you totally know where I'm going with this. I can see it by the look on her face. I love being able to look I at know, her. I know, it's, it's so, so nice. <laughs> we just, game changer here, people. We're actually having a real conversation. Instead of reading notes. Oh, um, so we both picked young adult fantasies with strong female heroines. <laughs> We're basically twinsies in a lot of ways. And apparently 16-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah, duh. duh. Oh, my God. <laughs> So with that note, let's start with your book. <laughs> okay, so I picked The Three Dark Crowns by, oh, how do you say your name again? Kendara. Kendara yep. Blake. And this book is about three sisters who have magical powers. One is a poisoner who can eat poison without yep. any sort of dying. Or, just any, or be bit by a snake. Or, yeah. I mean, really just... Any sort of poison Exposed she can to poison. Yeah. Yeah. The other one is a naturalist, so she can control the... Um, the elements that be... No. No, no, no. She can control, like, wildlife and... The Plants. way things... Yeah. The yeah. way things grow and move. Mm-hmm. And then there's an elemental who controls the, the, the elements. Yeah. yeah. The weather and the elements. And they... So the book is kind of broken out per chapter by where they're living. So mm-hmm. there's Wolf Spring... And then there's, I don't remember the other two. I don't either We're not going to get into those details. Yeah. But each of these sisters live on an island in a different town. And they have like um, a guide or somebody that is watching over them. to A mentor. En- a mentor to enhance their powers. Mm-hmm. Because when they turn 16, they all go to war with each other and they try and kill one another to get the crown. Yep. So there's three princesses. They Two of them have to die and mm-hmm. one will get crowned. And so it's kind of told from each of their perspectives, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they haven't seen each other since they were like two or three. No, six. Six. Yeah. That's right. And they all have this perception that the other one is this terrible, terrible person. Right. And they're going to just murder each other and they and hate each other. They already and, hate each other. Yeah. 
except for one keeps having memories of them as children and Mirabella, right? Yep. Yeah. And that they actually liked each other. Yeah. And wondering about that. Yeah. So it's kind of another book that has a ton of different plots, a ton of different characters, mm-hmm. a ton of different mm-hmm. feelings, mm-hmm. but it is so captivating. And the chapters are pretty short. So it's like I you mean, get this young adult. Yeah. <laughs> you get this little snippet and then you want to continue to read because it goes back and forth between all three sisters. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's captivating. It is. I mean, I think, it, you know, keeping in mind it's young adult, it's certainly a little over the top. Um, it's very dramatic. And it's very magical. It's very magical. I also made notes about how they really, she really played up the stereotypes that you might associate with those different areas. So the poisoners are dark and severe. Yeah, they have blonde white hair, like the Malfoys. Yep. And and then the ele- and then the naturalists are all like hippy dippy. Love, love is cool. Mm-hmm. And then you know the uh, the other the um, elemental the elementals are kind of ambitious and yeah. strong and. Um, and so one of the plot lines is that the poisoners have been dominating mm-hmm. the the winning. And, and, and there's some weird, it's kind of cultish. That was one yeah. of the notes that I made is that kind of unquestioningly, they have followed these traditions yeah. for years and years and years. And as the book unfolds, you're finding out that there's all this behind the scenes Games of Throne as yeah. backstabbing and manipulation of the girls, and it's really about these ruling families from these different factions that are trying to gain control. Yeah, um, and it's this mysterious island that you can't find unless they want you to find it. Right, it's like covered in fog, and and you can't leave it. No. And so there's some weird stuff going on with that. But it's so good. It is good. I, I think, yeah, I mean, the characters were well written. Corey doesn't like it as much as I do. I can tell by looking at her face. <laughs> I, I don't. I liked it. Well, I, I did. I, I you gave know. it four stars on Goodreads and I gave it five. You know, I'm kind of a tough Goodreads. I mean, <laughs> for me, I probably give more three stars than anything. You know, I feel the same way, but like when I can finish a book in three days and it's kept me that captivated, mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. to give it five stars because the writing is obviously well enough yeah. that I love it. Well, so what I will say, well, so I technically read this in a day and a half because I started it as my bedtime read mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, this is interesting, yeah. but I'm tired. <laughs> so I went to bed and then I finished it all the next day. So oh, I'm okay. counting this as my in a day read because if I had started it at the beginning of the day, I totally would have finished it. Yeah. Um, so from that standpoint, it certainly captivated me. I mean, I, I guess I'm saying, you know, it's no great literary uh, contribution. It's young adult. I know. Like I, well, that's what I was going to Dark of winter, good I know. And, I, and I totally read it in a day. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just struggling to figure out what I, what I want to say. What about you really it. feel. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, it was good. I, I'm, and I, I was annoyed. Sla- it left us on a cliffhanger. What did you write? Oh my god! What the f is this ending? Yep. And I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. So I had to get the second book from the library, and I'm about a third of a way in right now, and it's. Insane. Should we give a spoiler about why it's such a crazy cliffhanger? No. Okay. Because I think I have some people that are going to want to read this. Okay. Let's just say you. some of the girls are struggling with their powers. That is not necessarily a... No. A, a, yeah. A, it's a learn, coming of age story. You learn that in the early. And yeah. let's just say you find out at the end why some of them are struggling with their powers. Yeah. Can we say that? Yeah. 
And then there's also kind of this whole like wooing thing. And there, I mean, there's a lot of detail. The suitors. The suitors. Like they have to pick a, a man to love. Basically a male consort so yeah. that they can give birth to triplets. Yeah. And there's like this whole festival thing, like multiple the hunt and a I know and it, yeah it, oh and the and the Grave Noir where she had to eat all the all poisonous. the poison oh. and then like they were on display on the three like parts yeah. and they had to display their thing their powers and um, yep aerosols power is mm-hmm. as you will find out a cluster of <laughs> stuff and yeah I mean it was just mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. And it's kind of like Game of Thrones. It's kind of, I don't know, maybe just cultish is the right word. Well, of like, kind of Hunger Games-esque in that yeah. there's a soul survivor. And yes, that's a good idea. I forgot about the Hunger yeah. Games. So it's kind of a mashup of a lot of those. And then there's love. And there's love. As yeah. always. Love. Young 16-year-old love. Which I kind of feel like Jules, who is Aerosol's like, oh, yeah. best friend. partner, uh-huh. you know, or not partner, but best friend. Uh-huh. To me, she seems old. And maybe it's because we know that, she, oh, you don't know. So I know something you don't know because I'm reading the second <laughs> book. So never I mind. <laughs> We're going to stop that conversation there. Yeah. But anyway, she does seem a little bit older. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And Joseph seems older. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely an interesting, you know that they're only 16, but some of them seem a bit older. Mirabella right. definitely seems like she's 16 in my mm-hmm. head when I was mm-hmm. reading about mm-hmm. her. But Catherine seems older and especially after what happens to her Ooh, and I actually I was like when I was looking up how to say Kendara's name uh-huh. um, she talks about how she pronounces the names and so it's oh. Katerine oh yeah add a but, little bit more fancy but she's like say it however you want to say but in my head it's Katerine <laughs> oh interesting I know right yeah but that makes that sounds fancier yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. Well, no and I think yeah I I definitely Again, I guess as the om- since you have kind of that omniscient reader point of view, you get kind of frustrated with each of the three girls because, and you feel sorry for them at the same time because they're naive. Yeah, they're sixteen. Yeah, they have been. They don't really have a family, so no. they rely upon these mentor families or people that have been fostering and grooming them for right. this. And they have kind of these twisted, well, especially the the poisoner ones is a very twisted relationship. And yeah, especially with. Pierre or Petra? Peter. Peter? It's Peter. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's spelled with a Y, though. Yeah. It's like Dutch, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but in, yeah, but I mean, but like her mentors, like sometimes they're very loving and kind, but they're also very cruel to her. Yeah. And and even I and even with uh, Marabella, similarly. Yeah. You know, again, kind of, you know, again, kind of playing up those stereotypes based on each of the different uh, magical power areas. Yeah. Where really only era, what's the other one's name? Aerosol. Aerosol. <laughs> I don't know. That's just <laughs> what I said. It's like A-R-I-S-O-L-E. Oh, I'm looking. No, I'm Maybe looking. it's like aerosole. I don't know. Something fancy. Aerosone. Oh, okay. It's I'm forgetting a, the N. Yeah, you're forgetting okay. the N. <laughs> Yes, Aerosol we, yes, we know funny. we never pronounce anything right. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go, people. You don't pronounce everything right either, people. Yep. Anywho, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, she's the only one that really seems to have like, I mean, they all have, well, no, I guess you, your heart goes out the most to Katarine because she's the most alienated. She really doesn't have any friends until she meets Peter. And then even then it's kind yeah. of like a shit show. He's such a douchebag. Well, right. But, but, you know, I mean, 
Arison, now I can't even say it, for the love of God, <laughs> Arisono, I mean, she has genuinely loving people in her life. Yeah. And, and so does Mirabella. Her friends are very right. loving. And so, you know, again, you just think about, gosh, what would it be like to be 16 and having been raised in this environment and under that pressure and know that if you don't kill your family, you're going to die yourself. Yeah. I feel like Catherine, Katrina, whatever, however you want to say it, she reminds me a lot of Malfoy. Mm-hmm. You know, like Malfoy mm-hmm. has, you know, quote unquote friends, but they're all mostly just afraid of him. Right. And blonde hair, side. black, uh-huh. black clothes, vulnerability, feeling mm-hmm. like she has to be a mm-hmm. crazy psychopath. Like it had a lot of Harry Potter ties to it, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about yeah. that, but you're right. So, yeah. Because you so have I'm like little... Hermione, which I kind of <laughs> view as like yeah. Jules. Jules always has what's on her head, and it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see where her character develops mm-hmm. in the second book because she's yeah. kind of like behind the scenes to all the other girls. Dun dun dun. Yeah, I'm looking at the rest of my notes. I don't know that I really have a whole lot. Um, it's definitely left me wanting to read the next one. So oh, I guess so good. I guess I liked it enough for that. I'm <laughs> definitely intrigued. Yeah. So I think for a young adult read, again, you know, we're talking something. This isn't meant to be. It, it, it leaves you thinking. Yeah, and um, I think it's just a good escapism book. Escapism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So take it for what it is. If you like some of those other books that we rattled off, and we'll link to those in the show notes yeah. as well. You know, yeah, it's kind of a Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones yeah, it's, mashup for young but adults. But it's female, strong female mm-hmm, protagonist. Mm-hmm. Even the women that are watching over the girls are strong female protagonists yep. or strong female characters. Uh-huh. So I, I really liked that. Like the men to in this book were very like to the side. Like they weren't near. The only reason why they matter is because they have to have sex basically with the queen <laughs> to get her knocked up. Like they other were, than that, it yeah. was nothing. <laughs> yes. They weren't anything. Yeah. I'm just kidding. So, but there's definitely some love in there and some love triangles. Oh, and Jesus. Yeah. Cross star cross. It is lovers. like high school Ooh. slash my office place to the extreme. Yep. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> Okay. We'll talk about that right off the air. Oh, goodness. <sighs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. So today's sponsor is River Rock Audio. I have known Daniel Stearman for a long time. We met back in Louisville, Kentucky around 2001. He is a musician and a man of many talents. When he heard I was starting up this podcast with Kiri, he offered up his sound editing services to help us get started. He has his own recording and editing studio and can offer a variety of services, including stereo and multi-track audio recordings, studio and field recordings, broadcast-ready voiceovers and advertisements, demonstration CDs for songwriters and bands, and of course, podcast editing and production. If you're looking for any of these services and you've been impressed by the quality of our sound editing, which I have been, I highly recommend that you check out Daniel's webpage. You can find him at riverrockaudio.com, all one word, and we'll also include it in show notes. Thanks, Daniel. You rock. Okay, Corey, what about your book? Tell us about it. Okay. So I picked The Wrath and the Dawn by Renee Adia. And let's see here. So basically, in a nutshell, it is a modern retelling, <laughs> not even modern, but it's a retelling of A Thousand and One Nights. Um, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. What? I don't know that book. Stop it. <laughs> 
Like the Arabian Nights? No idea. Oh, so this is actually a classic Middle Eastern fairy tale. Oh. Yeah. It's about a woman who tells stories for a thousand and one nights to stay alive. Oh. And it's where Aladdin comes from. Okay. Um, and the story, the Bluebeard story, that's a classic fairy tale that, one. that was in the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's in the freaking book. I didn't read that book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was another one they told in there that I'm trying to blink on, but that's where this comes from. That was her inspiration. So yeah, it's, if you Google a thousand and one nights or the Arabian nights or the Arabian fairy tale, it's all kind of variations of the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's where her inspiration came from. Gotcha. Yeah. So again, um, as we alluded to earlier, we have a uh, young, gosh, I think she's 16. Actually, I think she's 16 too. Uh, (laughs) Your old protagonist who has um, come and given, volunteered to be the wife of the king, essentially, Um, even though she knows he's killed many young women. 72. 72. Yep. But she has plans to not be number 73 Mm -hmm. and to make sure that he gets what he deserves. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) And um, basically, again, some of the stories of things are not always what you think they are. I mean, and obviously we go into it knowing there must be a reason he's doing this. He's not just a douchebag that likes to kill people. I think that's my second random thought. (laughs) It's my fourth one. There has to be a reason. There has to be a reason. (laughs) Um, And it takes quite a while to find that out. And we won't tell you what it is so that we don't want to spoil one of the main plot lines there. But again, it's really, you know, there's a wide variety of characters Mm -hmm. in here that you get to know along the way. Um, You you know, the handmaiden to um, Shazi gets is plays a pretty big role. The king of the guards, who's also the cousin of the king, plays a big role. Her father, her best friends outside of the kingdom all have roles in this as they try to save her. And there's lots of mystery and intrigue again. And um and a lot of it's about kind of court life, yeah. uh, you know, her figuring out. I, I, I kept, I don't know if you picked up on this, but the author is fascinated, obsessed with describing eyes. I don't know what that is. Eyes. like Oh, eyes. Eyes, like eyes uh, that we see with. It's like, is that a book? I don't know. <laughs> Did you not notice like every single time that she would introduce a character coming in, a new character or even them coming back? Yeah, She would describe true. their eyes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And they all had weird colored eyes. Well, and the book cover is eyes it is where's your book eyes well okay and a face and a face but eyes (laughs) (laughs) um i and and she also spent a lot of time describing the outfits Mm -hmm. which i uh i enjoyed but also chuckled about (laughs) so again it felt that was where it felt very young adultish to me um was kind of the lavish silks and the color and the gems and and, yeah yeah. the tiger colored eyes yeah and the sparkling deep blue eyes i like the rusty voice you got going it's like you're an (laughs) operator of some sort (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know um yeah. <laughs> uh, I I really loved this book and I think, you know, it was very obvious probably from the beginning 
or near the beginning that Shazi was going to fall in love with Khalid and vice versa. Yeah. But I thought it was just so beautiful. Like, I loved Khalid's character so much because he was such a douche. But I think it's because he was so... He had a big burden. Like, mm-hmm. we're not well, going to tell you what it is. upbringing, too. Yeah, I mean, his whole life was... And, you know, nature versus nurture. Who knows if that's... I mean... We're not going to get into that. But it does seem like he has struggled his whole life. And then he gets casted with this huge burden Mm -hmm. that he can't tell anybody with. And he's just misunderstood. And once you start to see his humor come out that Shazi brings out in him, it was Mm -hmm. just so freaking adorable. I was like so girl fanning of like, oh my God, this is so cute. Yeah, she definitely fulfills that classic sassy bold no blunt blunt no holds barred yeah person and he's kind of like whoa 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 right (laughs) um you know he's very reserved you know they're kind of polar opposites in that way but you're right like watching them open up to each other and you know kind of that star-crossed lover yeah i can't love you but i do yeah (laughs) and like her struggle with that of knowing that there's this boy where she's from that's trying to save her and is in love with her. And then mm-hmm. he comes to court mm-hmm. and, you know, she was like, I don't, when you kiss me, I don't feel anything exactly. anymore. And, you know, I think there was a lot of heartbreak in that for him, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like to me, it just, it was just so cute. Like <laughs> cute. Yeah, let's the quotes for- that they shared with each other, uh-huh. like his letter to her about like, yeah. I prefer the color blue more than I anyone else. I love that part. That was my favorite. It's one of my quotes oh. because it's just so sweet of like, he's giving her a uh-huh. little bit. Yeah. He can't give it all right yep. now, but he's giving a little mm-hmm. bit. And, you know, there's fight scenes, there's drama, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of things, but their love is just adorable. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, this brings up that theme that we were just talking about with Three Dark Crowns of heavy burdens for kids yeah i mean really kids yeah i mean he's only 18 he's been the king for maybe a year and you know having to rise up to the challenge and do things that you don't like and uh, growing up fast much faster than most kids yeah have to do yeah it was really sweet oh i loved it so much i gave it five well so i gave it four stars because Uh the ending was also another wtf what is this ending until you realize that it's a second book there's a second book I have not started that one yet, but I plan to because the way that this one ends, I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. what? So really, we are giving our listeners four books. I for know the price of it's two. true. Right? You're welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Man. So yeah, it was super fun. I it was definitely I, this one. I didn't read in a day. I think if I had if I'd still been on winter break, I definitely would have read it in a day, day and a half. But I started reading it as I was prepping for the semester. Oh and yeah. And so I was. It was kind. Of, so from that standpoint, it was really nice because when I needed just an hour. Mm-hmm hour and a half at the end of the day to unwind this was totally easy to go to and just kind of absorb into it yeah i was i read this book in a day and every like spare moment i had i was reading it and chris you know was sitting next to me and i'd be like "Ooh," and he's like that good i'm like it's so good and then five minutes later he'd be like "Ooh," so he i think is intrigued by reading this one What I, I don't do that necessarily to Robert. What I will do is books, especially essays, when they're like, there's something ridiculously funny. Yeah. I'll be like laughing out loud and then I'll be like, Robert, I have to read this to you. It's so freaking funny. And he's like, okay. And then I read it and he just kind of looks at me and I'm like, that was funny. Yeah. And he's like, uh-huh. 
I'm like, yeah. oh, you suck. I get really into it. I think there were, I was making all sorts of noises like, mm, 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 because like the, it was just was every chapter was kind of like a cliffhanger. And so you wanted to read the next chapter to mm-hmm. see how the story unfolded. And um, I ended up buying this book because it was only four ninety nine on Amazon know, for a paperback. Thing. So dang it, Amazon. I know they're kind of <laughs> jerks, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good book to read. I mm-hmm. think it's good for teenagers. I think it's kind of maybe a little bit saucy, but not overly so. Yeah, yeah I think with both of them, they have very mild, very yeah, sixteen year old perspective allusions towards sexual relations. Yeah, like. He touched me, and then it didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, or suddenly I was carried away, you know, kind of just that, those euphemisms. stereotypical, very light euphemisms. No no graphic thing, which actually is totally fine with me. Honestly, I I sometimes get a little, I, I, in my own way, I still have those puritanical prudishness where, like, (laughs) when they get really graphic, um, like, (laughs) uh, our next we're reading, um, I'm never going to meet you in real life by Samantha Irby, which was really funny, but she was very graphic yeah. sometimes and yeah. it made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I won't lie. I was like, Oh God, this is funny, but I really don't want to read it either. I'm feeling really grossed out right now. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I'm okay with the polite little allusions to it. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, look, they're making whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, I think the last thing I would say is I thought the book design was kind of cool. Uh, at the beginning of each chapter, it has kind of a Moroccan, yeah. Middle Eastern design around the page. And then uh, the other thing, this is really small, but it spoke to me, is I thought that she had really interesting and nice chapter headings. Yeah. Which I think sometimes that's really an underrated, under-acknowledged uh, part of a book. And it, sometimes we just kind of glance at them and... I, you know, for example, I think one of the very first ones that it caught my eye was Meditations on Gossamer and yeah. Gold. And they just were really beautiful little snippets to lead you into the next chapter. Well, I don't even think most books have chapter titles anymore. Right. And maybe that's why I noticed it. I think it's it. like numbers now. Like okay. the bookseller was numbers. Okay. Yeah. Um, Some, yeah. So, and, and I think, you know, it's those little touches sometimes that I yeah. think just add a little element, a thoughtful element to a book. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that about this author and what she did with her book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's all I got. Yeah, I think same here. It's really good. <laughs> and you have four whole books you could read if you get snowed it's in. It's true. You just have to plan ahead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for today. Um, next episode, as I alluded to, we are going to be focusing on Black Heritage Month. And we're switching things up a little bit this season. And so I picked a nonfiction book mm-hmm. and Kiri picked a fiction book. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to do um, one of each um, in the same episode. And we think that'll be still a really nice um, insight for us without overwhelming each other with a lot of information <laughs> and, and material and our readers and listeners over to yeah. episodes. So um, since I'm talking, I'll just keep going, I Kay. guess. Right. As I said, I picked We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. It's a collection of essays by Samantha Irby, who also writes a blog called Bitches Gotta Eat. Um, (laughs) That should tell you a lot right there. Um, And this was a NPR top pick of of 2017, so it did get some accolades. Uh, Kind of a fun little 
acknowledgement. I was reading the acknowledgements at the end, and she's buddies with both Roxanne Gay and Jenny Lawson. Nice. <laughs> and I definitely had some touches of Jenny Lawson in there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so if you've read the the blog s or uh, gosh, what is her book? Not fiercely well, fiercely happy. Let's and pretend. Let's pretend it never happened. Yeah. Um, definitely kind of in that vein, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. But it's basically I'm not going to say a whole lot other than she turns the serio comic essay into an art. She's deft at poking fun at the ghosts of her past self as she is capturing powerful emotional truths. And I think that actually is a really great, concise description yep. of what you can expect from this book. Yep. And Curious Pick. I picked uh, a classic Toni Morrison, The Song of Solomon. It follows the life of Macon Milkman Dead 3, an African-American man living in Michigan from birth to adulthood. So yeah, that is very two very different books. Yep. But I think they both capture what we're looking for. Definitely. And we look forward to talking about them with you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 